Hello and welcome back to the Into the Huddle podcast. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm JW. And today, we're going to talk about week six in the NFL. There are a lot of crazy storylines, so let's get right into it with the biggest game of the year so far. A rematch of the AFC Divisional Round from last year. Bills at Chiefs in Arrowhead. This was marketed as the battle between the two best quarterbacks in the league. And it did not disappoint. Really, this game should have been on Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football. For some reason, it was at 3 o'clock. But nevertheless, it was still a very entertaining game. The Bills won by a score of 24-20 to 20 with a late touchdown by Josh Allen. Did Josh Allen prove that he's the best quarterback in the NFL in this game? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he led this offense so well. They had a balanced attack in this game, which is something like I've been kind of harping on the Bills to get back to. Uh, they had a balanced attack. Josh Allen played really well. No interceptions, unlike his counterpart Mahomes, who threw two. And that's what really led them to a victory in this game, staying clean on offense and uh, just being the edge out points when they were. Because this was actually a very good defensive game, which you might not expect coming into it. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the defenses. They're kind of not talked about when you think of these two teams. But really, the Bills and the Chiefs regularly score 30, even 40 points in any other game. So to hold the Bills to 24 points and the Chiefs to 20, that's very impressive. You talk about Josh Allen. I saw a stat that since like week 15 last year and including the playoffs, he's been statistically by far the best quarterback in the NFL. Really, a lot of the mistakes he used to make, he's kind of gotten rid of those. He's not throwing as many interceptions. He's not making as many bad throws. Definitely, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the NFL right now. But it is worth mentioning, Mahomes is right there with him. I know he didn't have a good game. You mentioned the interceptions. But he just makes some throws that no other quarterback in NFL history can make. You know, like running out of the pocket, throwing across his body. He's still phenomenal. And the other thing is, when these two teams meet in the playoffs, if they meet, which they probably will, he's probably not going to throw two interceptions, and especially not two costly interceptions. So, you know, this was a great game. Ultimately, it came down to Josh Allen playing a little bit better than Patrick Mahomes, and especially when it comes to not making those mistakes. But let's also touch on the Bills' defense because last year they were terrible against the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes ripped them apart. This year it was a little bit different. They have Vaughn Miller now, and that was a huge piece. What was your impression? Yeah, they were able to get to the passer. They got the Patrick Mahomes uh, three times. They sacked them three times, and uh, they really stopped the run game. And when you make the Chiefs one-dimensional, you know, you don't have to worry about the about the run because you're getting them into, like, second and ten, third and ten plus. It makes this team a lot easier to shut down. When you have to keep guys in the box for the run, they can just – they have all these weapons who can beat you over the top. When they when this defense doesn't let them get ahead of the sticks, they can pin their ears back, especially with a guy like Von Miller can get to the quarterback. Absolutely. And I and I think one of the biggest plays in this game was in the fourth quarter. It was third down. The Chiefs were around midfield. They were already up. If they have a good drive and score a touchdown, the game's probably over. But then Vaughn Miller sacks Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs are forced to punt and the Bills can drive down the field. That is why the Bills paid so much money for Vaughn Miller. For instances like these where he is just a game changer, he can't be blocked, he gets to Patrick Mahomes and, you know, throughout NFL history, the way to beat the best quarterbacks in the NFL is to pressure them. And as you mentioned, Patrick Mahomes was constantly under duress during this game. 
I think Von Miller is the key difference maker this season because he wasn't there last year. The Chiefs were able to tear the Bills defense apart. Now he's there, and it's really shown that he has made a huge impact for them. Now, let's also talk about, you know, one of the big problems I think the Chiefs have had this year is the absence of Tyreek Hill. He was obviously traded to the Miami Dolphins during the offseason. Did you see him, like, him not being there having a big impact in this game? Uh, I mean, certainly losing a guy like that has a big impact, but I don't think it's as much as it would be for some other teams losing a deep threat like that just because they have so many weapons from Juju Smith-Schuster that they added to Travis Kelsey, who just seems to be always open this season. Uh, you know, they're not totally missing him, but in this game, one throw over the top with, with uh, Tyreek Hill could have totally made the difference and been uh, been a 27-24 win for Kansas City if they got that. So I see what you're saying, but at the same time, I do think the loss of Tyreek Hill has been a big deal. You mentioned that big over-the-top play. I think back to the divisional round where the Bills were up. It was before the 13 seconds left moment. And Patrick Mahomes threw a short pass to Tyreek Hill, and he just ran like 70 yards past the entire Bills defense. That's a play only like a handful of players in the NFL can make. And now without him, the Bills don't have to worry about his lightning speed, and they can play, they can play their actual defensive schemes and don't have to double him all the time. We saw a few games ago, Travis Kelsey had four touchdowns. This game, he was more contained by the Bills' defense. So I think, you know, against the worst teams in the NFL, against the other teams in the Chiefs' division, like the Raiders or the Broncos, and even the Chargers, the Chiefs can live without having Tyree kill because Patrick Mahomes is so dynamic, Andy Reid is such a good play caller, and Travis Kelsey's amazing. But against the Bills, when you know it's going to be probably a high-scoring game, even though this one wasn't, the next one probably will be, you need a player who can make a wild play that the defense just can't account for and can't defend. So even though Patrick Mahomes is still great, I think that loss, especially this first season, is a big deal, and they haven't been really able to replace him. Juju Smith-Schuster hasn't been great for them. Marquez Valdez-Scantling hasn't been great for them. Nico Hardman is an explosive player, but he's not as consistently great as Tyree Kill. So I think it is a big loss for them. I'm sure they'll find a way to for it to work against some of the worst teams. But against the Bills, I think they're going to have a really hard time. And I think, wouldn't you agree, these are probably the two best teams of the NFL. Certainly. And they will probably play each other in the playoffs unless something crazy happens. I mean, we could talk about the Eagles are probably up there. They're undefeated, but they had a pretty easy schedule. I think we both agree. These teams are on a collision course yeah, in the playoffs certainly. next year. Now, let's talk about two surprising teams in the NFL, two teams that have been the laughing stock of the league for the past decade, both teams from New York, the New York Jets and the New York Giants. The Giants are 5-1. and one. The Jets are 4-2. and two. No one saw this coming. Do you think they're for real? And if so, which one do you think can be a real contender? out of the Jets and the Giants. Look, I mean this Jets team, you think about their first two their first two losses were without or their first loss was without their starting quarterback, Zach Wilson. Since then, they've been four and one, uh, and their only losses to the Dolphins, who, you know, we all know is one of the best teams in the NFL. They have all those weapons. They they beat the the Dolphins, didn't they? Or no, they lost to the uh the, the Bengals. Bengals, right. Yeah, yeah, they lost to the Bengals. But um I mean this team is this team is great. They're they're up there in their division. Uh, I think they can definitely make a wild card spot. I don't think this team is threatening. 
like the Bills or Dolphins for the number one spot. I don't think they have that consistency, and I don't think Zach Wilson is uh, is quite ready yet. But I think this team could definitely be someone that you just don't want to face going into the wild card round in the AFC. Yeah, so as far as the Jets go, I agree with you. I think their defense has been phenomenal this year. You know, Quinnen Williams, who was drafted a few years ago, he's been kind of silent his first three years in the NFL. Now he's starting to have a really good season. They drafted Sauce Gardner in the first round. He has been a phenomenal corner. They've shut down great offenses like the Dolphins and like the Green Bay Packers. And this last game against the Packers was especially impressive because it's in Lambeau with that great home field advantage that the Packers have. And the Dolph and the Jets defense, excuse me, just completely shut down the Packers offense. I think the Jets also have a great running back in Brees Hall and a great number two running back in Michael Carter. They've been extremely explosive this year. I think the biggest question when it comes to the Jets is Zach Wilson. And they have won every game that he started, but he hasn't been great. He's kind of been more of a game manager. To his credit, he hasn't made as many mistakes as he made last year. But if they really want to make the wild card push that you're talking about, he really needs to be better. He needs to make, you know, some of the explosive plays that they were expecting from him when the Jets drafted him two years ago. As far as the Giants go, are you convinced that they're a legit contender? They're five and one. By their record, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. I mean, by their record, yeah. And certainly with this offense, uh, Saquon Barkley has just been carrying the load so well for them. If he can keep that up, of course they're a contender. But I'm just not sure if he can do that for a full season and just really put this team on his back. He's been getting like 30 carries a game. And we've seen he's been injury prone in the past. And this team really lives or dies by him. So it, it's tough to say if, if he'll he'll be able to keep the efficiency and keep getting moving the chains like he has early in the season. Absolutely. You mentioned their reliance on him. And there have been a few games this year when he's gotten hurt and he's been sort of injured and – People have been questioning whether he's been able to return to the game. Hope, uh, thankfully, he has been, and he hasn't suffered a long-term injury. But I think those small injuries add up as the season goes along, and he's getting so many carries that I think he, they're risking his body breaking down. So as long as Saquon's there, I think the Giants are a good team. And kind of like the Jets, they also have really improved their defense. Their defense has been really solid. You know, this, this past week, they, they played against the Ravens. They had a big interception late against Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson really wasn't able to be as explosive as he has in previous games this year. So with that good defense, with Saquon Barkley, with a pretty good O-line, I think they're, they're, they're pretty solid. And in the NFC, which is definitely the weaker conference, they can definitely be a contender. I'm still not sure about Daniel Jones, but I will say I think Brian Dable has done a phenomenal job with him this year. Daniel Jones has looked like a legit franchise quarterback. I mean, are, do you buy Daniel Jones? Because I, I mean, still he, he's looking it. very good. Obviously, like his first, what, three seasons in the league, he would, did not look very good. A lot of people were saying they should just draft someone new, start over. But this year, he's looked like a very solid quarterback. You know, he doesn't make the Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen plays. But, I mean, he can definitely manage his team to a lot of wins. And he's he's pretty athletic with the legs. He can run for first downs. They run some read option with him. And he also, he's just a, a an average NFL starting quarterback as a passer, but he, he gets the job done. Yeah, I think he's he's serviceable. And with that Giants team, with that good running game and defense, that's enough for them. Now let's talk about one of the disappointing teams in the NFL. We called this team the most overrated team in the league at the start of the season. 
and they have proved us right. We're talking about the Denver Broncos led by Russell Wilson. You know, I thought they were going to be underwhelming this year, but I did not expect they would be this underwhelming. Did you think they'd be this bad? I, I did not expect them to be just playing every single game. I don't think they've scored. They've scored 20 points once all season. This is just abysmal offensively. And with an offense that they expected to be great, bringing in Russell Wilson, and they have, you know, Jerry Judy, a bunch of weapons on the outside. This offense was supposed to be good, and it has just not been coming together for them. Absolutely. They are the worst offense in terms of scoring points in the NFL. They are in the bottom five in almost every metric. Russell Wilson has been terrible this year, and at some point the excuses for Russell Wilson have to stop. In my opinion, the blame has to go to two people. It's Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett has really had a disastrous start to his coaching career. He was supposed to be this quarterback whisperer. He guided Aaron Rodgers to two MVP seasons, and everyone was saying, with with Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett's really going to have a great quarterback, and they're going to be great together. There have been no creative play calls from Nathaniel Hackett. The offense has been terrible, as we've talked about. And then he's just made some terrible game management decisions um, especially late in games, you know, that first game against the Seahawks where he opts for a 62-yard field goal instead of trusting Russell Wilson. But you also have to blame Russell Wilson because he's been terrible this year. This is by far his worst season in the NFL. He's missing wide-open players. He is not even targeting players who are wide open. He's making terrible throws. He's not as mobile as he used to be. I mean, what is happening to Russell Wilson? How does he go from a top-five quarterback, a perennial pro bowler, one of the worst quarterbacks statistically in the NFL. I really don't know because he's coming from Seattle where he was still putting up monster numbers uh, just last year with a bad O-line. Really, his only weapon was DK Metcalf, and he was still putting up some of the top uh, passing yards numbers in the NFL. And now he's in Denver with a better O-line and better wide receivers, and yet he seems to not be able to find the open guy. He's not converting first downs, and the team just, just... just shooting themselves in the foot, and it's all Russell Wilson. Yeah, and, you know, throughout his time in Seattle, there was the Let let Russ Cook movement, where a lot of fans were asking Pete Carroll to let Russell Wilson throw the ball more because for most of his time in Seattle, the Seahawks' offense mostly focused on the running game, right? They used the run game to set up the pass game. Most of Russell Wilson's big plays came on off of play action where they faked the handoff, and then he made great throws down the field. And, you know, I think that that run-based offense was masking a lot of Russell Wilson's liabilities. And sure, he was still great, but I think mostly he was great because he wasn't asked to throw for 5,000 yards in a season. He really, if you look at his stats over the years, his passing yards numbers haven't been astonishing. He's always thrown a lot of touchdowns. He's always been really efficient. He's always, you know, not thrown very many interceptions. But in terms of pure yardage, he hasn't been great. Why? Because that Seahawks offense was more focused on establishing the run game before the pass game. Now in a system in Denver where Nathaniel Hackett wants to throw the ball more, where they're throwing out of the shotgun, where they're not doing as much play action, I think you're really seeing that he's not a great quarterback in that system. With that being said, he's still been disappointing this year. I mean, he's missing throws that he should never be missing. So, I mean, if this continues, this may go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history because 
Russell Wilson and the Broncos have been terrible. He has a huge contract, and he's supposed to be on that team for six more I years. I mean, this is crazy. The, the Broncos' pick that they're sending to Seattle could be higher than the Seahawks' pick with how bad this team is playing. And the Seahawks looking pretty pretty solid with Geno Smith. They're not playoff contenders or anything. But, I mean, we thought they were going to be easily the worst team in the league with no quarterback. And they've looked like a serviceable team with Geno Smith, that quarterback. He's won some games for them. He's looked good. Absolutely. Geno Smith has been a better quarterback than Russell Wilson this season. And that is really shocking. I mean, I, I don't know if they can improve. For the sake of the audience and the NFL fans, I hope they do because they are a terrible watch. It is, and they get put on prime time. Just yeah, they've been week. on prime time four times in the first six weeks. I think that just shows you how underwhelming they've been because even the people who make the NFL schedule thought they would be entertaining and a great team, and they have been the complete opposite of that. Now let's move on to quick hits, starting with the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles beat the Cowboys. Cooper Rush threw three interceptions in the loss. Is this the end of the QB controversy in Dallas? Yes. 100% yes. Nothing more needs to be said. Cooper Rush, go back to wherever you, you came from. Stay, stick at the number two QB spot. You were great for four weeks. One bad week. Let's bring back Dak. Absolutely. I agree. I think now is the perfect time to bring back Dak. It's completely justifiable before Cooper Rush was undefeated. There were going to be a lot of people criticizing the Cowboys' decisions if they stuck with, if they switched to Dak Prescott and then they lost against the Eagles. Now that Cooper Rush is lost, perfect time to move back to Dak. Worth saying, Cooper Rush did a great job. They went four and one. That's all you can ask from a backup quarterback. Uh, yeah, so Rodgers and Brady, both their teams came in the year with really high expectations, uh, and both have kind of stumbled out the gates to start. You think they're the old age is catching up to them and, and they're they're washed up a little bit? I definitely think that's playing a factor, especially for Tom Brady. You know, I said it a few weeks ago. I said Tom Brady is washed. He just he's not as locked in anymore. He's not making the throws he used to make. And sure, he has fine numbers, but if you look at the Bucks' offense this year, it's been really underwhelming, especially because they have so much talent. I think that all the off-the-field drama with his wife, his family kind of breaking apart, I think that's really affecting him. He's not 100% focused, and that's playing a big role, and that's why I think this is not the Tom Brady we're used to seeing. I think it's the twilight of Tom Brady's career. He should do himself a favor and retire at the end of the season because I don't see a way it can get any better. It's not like the Bucks have just magically gotten bad. Their defense is still good. They still have a ton of really good receivers. They still have Leonard Fournette, who's a dynamic running back. They still have a pretty solid offensive line. So really, I think it's just, you know, it had to happen at some point. Tom Brady's 45 years old. It's unprecedented that a quarterback's been playing that long in their career. I think it's over for him. As far as Aaron Rodgers goes... He just doesn't have any weapons. Devontae Adams left. But I will say, he still doesn't look like the same quarterback he was last year. I think without Devontae Adams, it's, his age is really showing. I'm not saying he's washed, but I'm saying he's definitely not as good as he's been in previous years. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And then another QB controversy, talking about the Cowboys QB controversy, is in New England – Bailey Sappy out of nowhere, winning two straight games for the Patriots with Mac Jones injured. Should they stick with him? I mean, he's 
looked great. He's really revitalized his offense. Uh, that under Matt Jones was kind of just playing ball control, running the ball a lot. I mean, he scored, I think, 30 points in both of his games. This this guy, he's he's looked really good for, uh, I think, he's, is he a rookie quarterback? Yeah, he is. Yeah, rookie quarterback. You don't see that a lot. Like fourth rounder coming in and and playing well in his first two games, and I think I think they can stick with him. Max Jones, uh, I'm not sure how soon he's going to be back, but if Bailey Zappi keeps keeps playing like he is, I'm not sure if Max Max Jones has a long long time to stay in New England. Yeah, so I feel the same way about this situation as I did for Dallas. I think you stick with Bailey Zappi, obviously until Max Jones is back, and then when Max Jones is healthy again. When I think you stick with Bailey Zappi until he loses, because once he loses, then it's com- like you can justify switching him out. But if he continues to play the way he's playing, I think he might be the future in New England because he has been much more aggressive. He's put up much bigger numbers than Mac Jones. And I can't you spend a first round pick on Mac Jones, but I mean, you always knew Mac Jones was going to have a limited ceiling. And if there's a guy who doesn't make the same mistakes that Mac Jones and who makes bigger plays, I think you have to consider rolling with him, especially because, you know, that's what the Patriots have done. They stuck with Tom Brady over Drew Bradso all those years back. If Bailey Zappi keeps being this great quarterback who consistently wins games, you kind of have to stick with him. So, so is he the next Tom Brady? I'm not going to go that far because I think there's only one Tom Brady and that's kind of an outlier, but I definitely think he's been very impressive for where he was drafted. Okay. Uh, Thursday night football this year, a lot of the games have looked really promising coming in and just have not performed well. We've really only had one decent football game on Thursday night football between the Chargers and the Chiefs way back in week two. Since then, it's just been going downhill. In the past two weeks, we've had a game that ended 12 to 9. We've had a game that ended 12 to 7. It has just been abysmal to watch some of these teams play on Thursday night football. Do you think we need to get rid of this for the betterment of the sport, betterment of the fans watching these just terrible football games? Not just the betterment of the sport and the fans, for the good of the players. Because Thursday night football is notorious for getting a lot of players injured because they're coming off a short week. I definitely think Thursday night football needs to go. It's a terrible product. All these games are low scoring. You can tell the players aren't ready for these games because they're coming off a short week. Also, for some reason, the NFL decides to put the worst offenses in the league on Thursday night football. The Bears are terrible. The Commanders are terrible. The Broncos have a terrible offense. Until recently, the Colts have had a terrible offense. Why are they putting these terrible offenses on Thursday night football? It's like they want the NFL fans to suffer. They want them to see what the how the NFL can be so bad so that when you watch the great games on a Sunday, you're thankful for them. So yeah, please get rid of Thursday night football. It's horrible. With that being said, you really can't because Amazon is paying you so much money to broadcast these games. So it's really unfortunate the NFL is stuck in this position where everyone knows Thursday Night Football is a joke. No one is excited for Thursday Night Football anymore. The NFL never puts good games on Thursday Night Football, but for reasons just that come down to money, they have to stick with Thursday Night Football. And, you know, I think really terrible. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, our one game to pick this week, uh, there's not a ton of great games on this week's slate, uh, at least just from looking at it. But, hey, you never know. Some games can go down to the wire, into overtime. Who knows? Uh, but this Kansas City at San Francisco, Kansas City, they're coming off of a tough loss. 
Uh, same with San Francisco. It's going to be in uh, in Levi Stadium. Who do you think wins this game that could really turn around both of these teams' seasons, especially San Francisco? They've been having a tough year. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Chiefs here. The 49ers just lost to the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons, we all think they're terrible. They may be better than what we think they are. But still, you if you if you have Super Bowl aspirations, you can't lose to a rebuilding team. So the 49ers just have too many injuries, in my opinion. I don't know what happens with the 49ers where it feels like every single year they have too many injuries. I think that's like a systemic problem within their organization. They really have to figure that out. So for that reason, and also because I think Patrick Mahomes coming off a loss is going to be really motivated. He's going to be fully locked in and he's going to play great. I think the Chiefs are the better team. They're healthier. They're more motivated. I think the Chiefs win this game. Yeah, I totally agree with you. The Chiefs coming off that loss. Patrick Mahomes is going to be fired up. Make sure this team does not fall into kind of that mediocre zone where they could start losing the losing the division, uh, like being tied with teams like the Chargers. They want to stay ahead of this division early so that when it gets into the, to, to the late rounds, like week 17, week 18, they can rest some guys instead of having to fight it out with their division mates late, late in the season. And getting these wins where the teams that you should beat, this is what they really need to keep the season on track. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you share this podcast with anyone who wants to learn more or wants to uh, hear more about the NFL. And make sure you stay tuned next week for our recap of week seven. Thanks and goodbye.